You're listening to Selfish the Podcast. This is the place where we make much ado about you. I'm your host, Allie Martin. Thanks for joining me. episode, I interview Broadway star Ruby Lewis. When we spoke, Ruby was in the process of wrapping up their Broadway show, Paramore. She's now in Las Vegas, starring in Baz. Ruby and I grew up doing theater together at our local community theater and high school, and even had the chance to do a few shows together at Western Kentucky University. She followed her dreams and pursued musical theater as a career. For someone that knows how difficult that industry is, she is brave. But she has the talent to back it up. Ruby, thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me today. I'm so glad you asked me. Thank you. So tell us about your journey to Paramore. How did you get to where you are today? Well, the story within Paramore is very parallel to to what actually happened to me. Um, You know, it's about a girl in the golden age of Hollywood who comes from a small town, moves out to big city in Los Angeles to um, pursue her dreams, and then... um, she is discovered while singing in a nightclub, and it's, I was singing in a nightclub in West Hollywood when Cirque du Soleil came to see the show I was doing, and they discovered me in a way. Um, so it was oddly very parallel, um, and it was a show that I'd been doing in L.A. just for for kind of fun to keep up on my singing. Um, I did it for a couple of years um, with its a theater company called For the Record, and something told me when I left, I left the Jersey boys tour. Something told me I needed to get back to Los Angeles for something. And I, I think it's, that's what it was. It was to be a company member, um, in the, for the record group, because that's, that's how I ended up here on Broadway. And, um, you know, I had like the producers backing me and, um, I just, I really don't think that anyone would have, um, taken the chance on someone who hadn't, you know, been a veteran before on a lead role. Like they, like they took a chance on me. Um, so I feel just really, fortunate and I'm glad that I kind of followed my instincts on that one. I love when our, our gut does tell us what to do and it kind of leads you there. And then when it actually follows through and and does prove to be the right move, um, you trust a little bit more the next time. Um, Yeah, true. So that's, that's good. Um, so obviously as an artist, um, you take risks every day. Um, when you went to Western and were looking at what you wanted to major in, and obviously the arts had been a huge part of your life to up to that point, you know, what, what went through your mind as far as did you want to take that risk of going into the arts or did you really not even think about that and thought, this is what I'm meant to do. And you just dove in head first. Well, I felt like, uh, going in, you know, going into college, I felt like it was first step toward adulthood and it was, hard for me to make the decision to pursue, um, theater at first because I thought, Oh, I can always pursue theater. Um, why don't I do something, uh, pursue something sensible, get a sensible degree. Um, so I have something to fall back on, but, um, I was spending all of my time doing theater and my professors told me, you know, we've got this really great BFA program that we're building and you can be part of building it up. And I ended up just, just going with it, (laughs) going with my gut again. And, um, and just getting go ahead and get my BFA in performing arts, which I'm so glad I did. Um, because 
otherwise I would have been distracted. And I felt like I was able to, um, you know, I got to take on a lot of awesome roles in college that gave me a lot of confidence. And, um, I got to do a lot of summer stock stuff that, you know, taught me a lot about myself as a performer. So, um, it was, it felt really risky and it felt like it went against my better judgment, um, to just go all in, but, um, I'm glad I did. It was a strategic move that turned out to to be a good decision. But in regards to strategy, you do have to consider that when you are uh, faced with roles to accept or, um, you know, maybe you, you have a role that's been put in front of you, but it just doesn't feel right. Talk to us about, you know, that process that goes on and, and what made you want to take the chance on Paramore. Sure. Um you know, it's so far in my career, I've been lucky to, to have worked quite a bit. And there has been downtime, of course, when you, you've got the survival job that keeps you afloat between. And sometimes I, I feel like um, when I first started out, I was just jumping at the bit to, uh, to accept anything. And it didn't matter what it was, didn't matter where it took me. And now um, I've learned that you can be strate- strategic and you can build upon your own dreams while helping someone else pursue theirs. Cause you know, in a way I feel like being part of a show or, um, a reading or a TV show or whatever it is. Um, I, I honestly feel like I add value to whatever project it is and, um, I'm helping whoever's behind that project, you know, reach their goals. So now it's a matter of, will this project, is this a step up or, you know, is it, is it getting me closer to my, my end game goal or not? And if it's not, then um, even if it's uh, you know going to pay me really well, um, I have to I have to turn it down because there's like the big who do I want to be and what do I want my you know my big finish line to look like. So mm-hmm. it's definitely been something that I've started to learn how to how to do over the years, but I certainly didn't know how to do it at first. I was just kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall, um, <laughs> seeing what stuck. Well, speaking of, you know, pay, there's, there is obviously the difficulties or the hurdles that you have to overcome um, when going down this career path. So talk to us about some of the difficulties that you have faced or, um, or others that you know have faced um, in your journey as a performer. Sure. Um you know, it, it is a great sacrifice and it's something that I wouldn't recommend anyone doing unless you just have no choice. You have to do it. It's like in your blood. Um, because over the years, um, you know, the time between gigs can be really hard. It can be really trying on not only your pocketbook, but your, um, you know, your sense of self-worth because you're wondering why am I not working more? Why am I, why am I not getting auditions? Um, and then, and then, you know, so it goes, when you are working, you're thinking, why don't I get Christmas off? Why, why my sister's wedding? And there's all these things that you miss out on personally. So it's just a totally different lifestyle. And I'm coming up on the end of a contract again. And I'm back to, back to how I felt when I was first looking for, you know, looking for my very first job. uh, The feeling doesn't really change. It's like, I really am trying to be as positive as possible to make sure that the right thing comes about. And trying to figure out what am I going to do with, with my apartment full of stuff in New York if I end up getting a job elsewhere. And mm. it's constantly juggling and adapting and um, trying to lead with your heart. And it's um, it takes a great deal of, 
uh, faith, honestly. And you also have to make sure that you are um, keeping up, you know, you're the best you can be. You're the best um, product. You are selling yourself in a way. Mm, that's true. So it's a lot of self-maintenance as well. Well, not to be negative, though. So on the flip side of that, talk about the positives and the and the joys that you receive from pursuing your dream? Well, you know, I find moments of pure joy every night when I'm performing Paramore. And um, it's when those moments when I feel like the, I feel like a kid and I, and I remember how it felt, you know, to take my first bow or um, when someone came up to me for the first time and said, I really think that you can do this. And I feel like I have a whole town behind me because I do I have like, such a such a huge support system and to me the fact that I'm I feel like I can inspire others I feel like I um selfishly get to do what I used to do and not get paid for it I I get to do it as a job and that doesn't even seem fair but (laughs) it's amazing and and to to tell um to tell stories and stuff for a living it's just it it really just completes me it makes me feel like a a, you know, complete person. And that's all I hope for anyone is to find the thing that makes them feel complete. So Hmm. it feels pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so anybody that wants to see that pure joy from Ruby, um, has just a few weeks left to get up to New York to see it, uh, which I highly recommend that they do. Um, so tell us what has this experience been like this last year? I mean, when you can when you look back and reflect on the time that you've spent in this show, I mean, you you're constantly doing media interviews. You all also participate in other fundraisers and charity events. You know, I'm constantly seeing the activity that you um you're you're doing surrounding the show. Um so what has it been like? Well, it's been, it's been a great challenge. Um, at the same time, it's been it's just so illuminating because it, um, Cirque, Cirque du Soleil is a totally different beast. And it's, um, I never imagined that I would be in a Cirque du Soleil show. I saw one, my first Cirque show, I think was, um, my sister was getting married in Hawaii and there was some kind of tent show set up there. And it was like 2006. And I remember going and I was just like, floored I couldn't believe there were the trapeze acts and the contortionists and um how you know they were just risking their lives and it was terrifying and thrilling and all of those artists are in our show and um creating the show with them and seeing how they conduct their lives and their businesses and their families and everything it's been like so inspiring they like they could they risk their lives every day and yet they are the most like easygoing, down to earth, family oriented, you know, like, um, people. And when you work with them, you become their family. And that's what I'm going to take away from the past year. Um, really is that sense of camaraderie and community and, um, just really like, I mean, just jump without a net as like, you know, (laughs) people say that, uh, uh, have a teacher, uh, an acting coach out in Los Angeles who says jump and the net will appear. And it really has felt like that the past year. I've, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I kind of, I wasn't trained really um, to be this, a spokesperson for a multi-million dollar Broadway show. But I, 
I just found that trying to be as honest as possible and, um, you know, as giving and <laughs> caring as possible. And that's what kept me sane and kept me afloat. And, um, it's been really life changing. It's been really awesome. Well, you've been doing an awesome job as, as a bystander that looks on and, um, is amazed every time I, you know, either see you in the Macy's, um, Thanksgiving day parade or, or doing, you know, the the today show interview. Um, you really have been able to experience so many great things with, with this show. So, um, but, but, Going back to just the hectic schedule that um, has been required as being a part of the show, how do you balance everything? You obviously have a weird time schedule as far as um, your when you work. So how do you fit everything in? Yeah, it, it can be difficult at times, especially now when I'm doing the show and trying to book the next job. It's like um, it's uh, I can have some long days and a lot on my mind, but... Um, I just, I like to spend nights at home and just try to center myself as much as I can, um, when I'm home and I live close to the theater purposely because I knew like I'm such a homebody anyway. So for me coming home and like cooking a nice meal for myself, you know, and, and then allowing myself the whole morning to like have tea and make breakfast. It's all very therapeutic and, um, I feel like I can escape the, all the madness. Um, and if I don't, allow myself to do that. You know, it's, I, I tend to be hard on myself. Like if I'm not working out enough, if I'm not going, you know, keeping up on my doctor's appointments or something like I should, I'm like, Oh, I, I need to, I'm not keeping up on my thank you notes or my birthday gifts. It's like constantly, um, feeling like I'm not doing enough, but I honestly do feel like if I didn't take some time <laughs> to just sit and be quiet, I think that I would have like a breakdown because it's, mm-hmm. it's just like a lot doing the show every night is difficult, but you know, representing a brand is also difficult. And I just, I really have my, my hat is off to, to like, you know, pop stars. I just don't know how they do it. It's like Mm. you're constantly doing press tours and, and performing. And I mean, I just, it's so much to juggle. And at this point in my life, I can do it all without, without a great deal of help. But if I'm like, (laughs) take another step up, I'm going to need like an assistant. I need help because Mm -hmm. it to be, just gets to be a lot, too much to juggle. Well, and I guess that's why it's good to put in practices that do help center yourself early on in life because you're you don't have the time once you jump into something like this to suddenly put them into place or or start to practice them. It really does have to be a way of life that is just part of your routine um, that you just rely on maybe a little bit more than you have in the past. Yeah. So, so with this podcast, go ahead. Oh, it's just so important to know what you need as an individual as far as staying grounded and staying balanced. Mm-hmm. So with this podcast, it's all about taking time for yourself and making sure you take care of your own well-built, own well-being, as you mentioned, you know, doing the things that make you feel complete and taking care of those things that if you didn't do, they would be nagging at you until you did them and then you felt better. So how are you selfish? Well, I, I actually think that I'm quite selfish. I think I, um, I 
sleep in, you know, I let myself sleep. That's a, I, I'm, you know, I'm asked to meet people for coffee and I say no because I know I need sleep and I, um, you know, I'm asked to go to birthday parties and I, and I say no because I know I need to sleep and <laughs> mostly when it comes to sleep, I'm really selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, th- and really other than that, like I have the tendency to, to give a lot, you know, so it's, it's hard for me um, to not feel guilty. Sometimes just like allowing myself to, to give myself, a, giving myself a break feels selfish in a way. Um, and that's really, that's the only, with my time, that's the only thing that I, I feel like I draw the line, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, that's a good one to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will, if, if anyone calls on me from anywhere, I'll, I'll do anything to, to help. But when it comes to my time, it's just, I know exactly how much sleep I need and I know how much time it takes me to get ready in the morning and it's all mine. Like I can't, at this point in my life, I can't share it with, with anyone. That's right. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more of? Yeah. I mean, um, sleep, sleep (laughs) right now with, with, um, with the job that I'm in now, I find that I really miss children. And I'm right now because I was a nanny all through college and I was a nanny in Los Angeles and, um, being around kids is just, I, I think it's pretty necessary. And I, I see kids on the street and I feel like I'm such a creep cause I just <laughs> stare at them and like, <laughs> I just want to have a conversation with that little girl. Um, so right now, um, if I could do anything else, I'm, I'm hoping that I can train and start working with some of some inner city youth kids on theater, um, shows. There's a few programs in the city. Um, and I'm hoping I can just get involved in that and hopefully it'll help me balance out my need for, um, mentoring as well as, you know, um, staying part of the theater scene. Sure. That's great. That's that. I think that's a wonderful aspiration. So you, you did hint a little bit on, um, you know, looking at what your next endeavor is going to be. Can you share anything or, or tell us what's next for Miss Ruby Lewis? Well, right now I'm, um, auditions have been a little slow, so I'm working on my own stuff. And I think something that I haven't really done, you know, I just wait and wait for the next thing to come and then I audition for it. But now I'm, um, working with, um, a writer and producer and I'm working on my own music and going to come up with a, an image and a brand for that and see if that goes anywhere, start to do, you know, perform some live shows, um, maybe record a demo, um, maybe an EP. Um, other than that, I just have to kind of see what comes my way and hope I'm hoping that I can take advantage of this movie musical TV musical <laughs> trend that's going on right now. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I'd really love that. Um you know, and the I eventually would like to start my own production company and, you know, start to to um put my investments into projects that I believe in so that I can help other artists and continue to build my brand and all that stuff. So right now that's the I guess that's the three year goal is to start my own company and start, you know, getting my own projects produced and stuff like that. Well, the good news is you have lots of options and lots of different paths and you're riding high on, um, lots of good 
energy surrounding Paramore. So congratulations on everything so far. And you're just so gracious to talk with us. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure. You can visit rubylewis.com to follow Ruby's journey. You've been listening to Selfish. You can find show notes on selfishthepodcast.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend about Selfish and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.